Welcome to the Amazon Legends podcast, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became powerful sellers, also experts specializing in helping sellers, and both former and current Amazon employees who will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here's your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. Today, uh, I have a guest who is to be a, an insurance veteran turned entrepreneur, and she's the inventor of Gumball, an innovative product that we'll hear about in a minute. She's the proud mother of two teenagers and passionate about fitness. So everybody meet my guest, Kelly, Kelly Rodriguez. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to be here, Nick. Um, oh, it's great to have you. So when we talked, uh, you mentioned a unique formula to create your product. So tell us what that formula is, Kelly. Yeah, so I combined a little bit of science with a lot of my passion. So tell us about the passion first, and then tell us about the science and how they came together. Absolutely. So I am passionate about health and fitness. I just enjoy working out, whether it's a simple walk around the neighborhood or, you know, going to the gym. Um, so I just think, you know, that that's a big part of, of who I am. And how about the science part? So the science part, um, in order to come up with the, this idea, I had to look at data and figure out, you know, which category I might want to get into. Um, of course, look at search keyword volume, different things like that. So looking at some reports, and I use Helium 10 as a resource um, to be able to do that research uh, for the science part of it. Mm -hmm. So this is, I just had a guest uh, earlier today, and he talked about a complete paradigm shift, which I think you kind of found naturally, um, except he put it in a slightly different way. What he said was, we are not selling products. We are selling stories. People mm -hmm. gravitate towards stories. So I said, okay, fine. I mean, if you are presenting to somebody, you can tell a story. So how do you do that with an Amazon listing, right? So he said, well, you can tell a story with the title. In the mm -hmm. title, you present it in a way that it's a, it's a niche it's a unique product, and just by how you construct the title, that will tell the story. Mm -hmm. You can tell this story with your pictures about different mm -hmm. use cases. You can tell the story about it could be about the value so that, you know, you can offer, for example, uh, a five-pack for the price of three-pack, things like that. Mm -hmm. So tell us about how you are telling your story in terms of combining the passion with the, the research that you've done? Great question. So the way that um, I'm doing it is through the photos. And um, what I really wanted to get across to the customer was, you know, this is a baby teether. Um, I actually have it right here. So it's just, it's in the shape of a dumbbell with a teether um, holder. So it doesn't, you know, get lost. And the shape of the dumbbell, you know, I did that because it, it to me, represents fitness, you know, and um, I wanted a way for the parent to be able to extend their passion to their baby and have fun with it also, but also serve a purpose of, you know, being able to entertain the baby while they're doing their workout, you know, biting on it to help their gums, things like that. So in my photos, I try to show that I show, you know, two parents with their baby pushing in a stroller, you know, just lifting some weights, trying to trying to present that um, through the photos. And it's interesting because as a new Amazon seller, I was looking to, you know, how can I use my budget the best way possible? Well, I learned a very important lesson early on. I tried to go the cheap route when making these photos. And I hired somebody from Fiverr and, you know, we spoke and we did a Zoom call and everything. I looked at his work. It looked great. But this product, you cannot Photoshop it. 
So what I got back was he tried his best, but the, it just didn't show what I was trying to, you know, exude. So, and the, and the size of the dumbbell um, baby teether was humongous because it's very difficult to Photoshop something like that. So I had to scratch that project and I had to go ahead and spend the money, which was probably five times more, right, to get a professional who could do it right. And, and they turned out really well. So, so that people understand, your product is, is for babies and mm -hmm. it's when they are teething. So then yes. they fight on this, but because of your uh, uh, interest in fashion and your, I mean, uh, your, in, your passion in fitness, you put it in the shape of a dumbbell. And I did. And therefore, it's the dumbbell, right? So it, that's right. It, it's a great story. So, how you came up with it. So, and the shape of the product is like a, a mini dumbbell, right? It is. It's like a mini dumbbell. Um, I basically had to start from scratch and, and have it designed. I, I sort of went full force in this whole Amazon thing and wanted to, you know, bring something new and unique um, to, to the market. And there's other baby dumbbells out there, but they're not as small. You know, it's difficult to, for a baby to maybe chew on. And, and so I wanted it to actually be useful. Um, but also cute, and it's like a novelty novelty type product um, that it, that's just fun. <laughs> and also, it's a, it, it, it's small. And do you, when you sell this, are you selling it as single, or do you have multiple packs or different colors, different sizes? Because the packaging is so important, isn't it? In this, mm -hmm. it really is. So that is one thing that I was, you know really passionate about as well. Like, how do I present this? I don't just want to put it in a box. You know, I want to have it look like it could hang on a retail store. It was my thinking. Um, so it's just a single. I just sell it as a single. At this point, the only color I, I have is orange because I just wanted to test the market and see, you know, about, about the interest and, and the feedback that I would get. Um, but I chose orange specifically because to, it, it's it's an energizing color, you know, and it, it's that's what it represents uh, for me as well. Yeah, I mean, you you are your your approach is very methodical, even though you're doing this for the first time, right? And yeah, I mean, question, so well, how are you using these methodologies? Are they like coming to you naturally, or is it your insurance background that is like numbers oriented? So insurance background helped where I have um, very specific goals and I try to hit them. The, the creative side of me, though, um, wasn't very useful in insurance because it's very law driven. Um, so this Amazon journey has been great because I've been able to be more creative. And, and really, I have just these ideas have just come to me. Um, now the packaging, not so much, obviously. I, I mean, I did research. I would, you know, go to Target, go to Walmart, go to different stores and just see like, what are the big competitors doing? And, you know, this may, this may have been a, a big strive for me to, to be in this kind of niche because there are many companies out there that are humongous in the same space. Um, but going to those stores and just seeing, okay, what does their packaging look like? You know, um, what is the cost for that and things like that? What what might not be damaged during shipping? You know, what may look good as a gift? You know, somebody's gifting it. Um, so all these thoughts were going through my mind when um, I chose, you know, certain packaging that I did, which is just a board and you put two zip ties on to hold the, you know, the teether and the teether clip. Very simple. Um, and then I had a designer come up with the, you know, with the packaging colors, I obviously put my input in as to what my vision was and made some tweaks and, and we, we got it done. So, uh, so now the product is ready. Everything is good. You're satisfied with it and you're planning your launch. Walk us through. The, your product is currently live on Amazon. Is that right? It is, yes. And how, how long have you been live with it? Uh, about four weeks now. Four weeks. 
So what kind of order uh, flow rate do you, are you getting, Dave? So honestly, I wish it was better. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, um, entrepreneurship can throw some pretty strange curveballs at you. Like definitely be you know, know that you're going to be disappointed at some at some part of your journey, but figure out how you're going to turn that disappointment into something positive. So, you know, in the beginning, getting sales, getting sales, there have been actually a few days here and there in between where there's no sales, um, which, which was interesting to me. Um, one thing with the launch, you know, I, I did PPC. Um, I actually just two weeks ago learned how to launch a Facebook ad. And when that was running, I was seeing more sales. You know, I could see the, the clicks on the, on the ad and things like that. Now, that entails more money, but I wanted to get the exposure because how are people going to know about it if they don't see it? You know, um, so, the, you know, that's but basically PPC is is what I was doing and then branching out to try to do other things outside of Amazon to drive traffic to the listing. Are you familiar with a program called Brand Referral Bonus Program? Yes. And um, the Amazon Attribution, also familiar, familiar with. The only thing is, which is, which is sad, is when I launched. So I started this journey in June, and I launched a product in November. Okay. I, I, I just went, I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm thinking that. I got this. This product sells well on Etsy. I'm going to sell it on Amazon. Okay, wrong move. Wasn't wasn't good. So I pulled that and then launched this product. I mean, in between, it takes like six months for me to, you know, get everything going. Sure. My original product, that brand name is showing up, but my Gumball brand is not. And so there, um, unfortunately, Amazon said it might not be till July 30th that the glitch in their system will be fixed in order for me to be able to use those programs. Because right now, if I want to do Amazon attribution and I go to Gumball, it doesn't have my product listed. If I go to my old brand, it has all, it has the product listed. Are you on Amazon brand registry with Gumball? I am. And it's not showing when, when, when you say it's not showing, where is it not showing? So when I go to create an ad um, to create that link for my Amazon attribution so I can post it on a TikTok and, you I know, it, the gumball is there. But when you select gumball, the actual product, the ASIN is not there. It says no products found. So as soon as I realized that once I started, you know, once I did the launch, I put a ticket in and they responded, you know, July 30th is the estimated date for it to be fixed. And I've followed up since then, and it's still the same response. So hopefully once that's up and running, I can get into that and, and maybe drive some more traffic. Yeah. So tell us for the benefit of the listeners what brand referral bonus program is, what Amazon attribution is, because they work together, right? So as far as I know, with the brand referral, I think, and I've, I've actually never done it yet, the brand referral one. I understand, though, that Amazon, if you drive the traffic, you may get like 10% back of some kind of fee or, or, or something like that. Um, Amazon attribution, you're able to create a link. Uh, let's say I want a link for TikTok or Instagram or something like that. I can create a link through the Amazon uh, seller account copy it, use it on my TikTok or my Instagram. And anytime somebody clicks it, you know, Amazon will be able to see, oh, that's outside traffic being driven to Amazon, which they like, you know, they want their customers to shop on Amazon. So um, I haven't really seen it work crazy because again, my first product was just, I, I just didn't know what I was doing. Um, but this one, hopefully once it's up, I'll be able to get that going. Yeah. Okay. So, I will share with you some of the things that, that I've seen happen. So first of all, you're right. Amazon attribution was created only recently, recently being like in the last six to 12 months. And because they, they roll these things out very quietly and then it becomes official. 
So I don't know when they may have rolled out quietly, but it's really not been official for too long. So it just simply enables you to identify the source of the traffic that's coming to your listing if it's coming from outside Amazon. So that way, what Amazon does is, well, you can obviously spend money on PPC driving traffic that's already on Amazon to your listing, but they want more people coming to Amazon. So therefore, they say, we want first identify the traffic is coming from outside Amazon. So that's Amazon attribution. You can do that by creating a link, but you have to be brand registered. If you're not brand registered, this is not going to be available. This, the, the second program that goes alongside that is if you are using Amazon attribution and you enroll in what they call brand referral bonus program, what that does is it pays you a percentage of the gross sales generated mm. from your external traffic. In other words, right. let's say you advertise on Facebook, you draw traffic to your listing and you generated $10,000 in sales. And generally speaking, it's 10%. It varies mm. from category to category, but it's usually it's around 10% if you are like not a, a real low ticket item and things like that. So, that means that that $10,000 in sales came generated through your Facebook advertising. You get $1,000 credited back to you. And they credit simply your settlement report that comes out every other week. You'll see a credit just like you made a sale coming back to you. So that's obviously a huge deal. And if you are yes. brand registered and you are advertising outside Amazon, you've got to register for this program and take mm -hmm. advantage of it. There is no reason why you shouldn't. However, it's something you have to be careful about because if somebody is on Amazon, they are there as a shopper, right? They're not there reading the news <laughs> so or right. watching TikTok videos or anything mm -hmm. like that. So they are there to make a purchase. So therefore, yeah. anybody who clicks on your product or your sponsor, you know, a display ad or any other ad on Amazon and they come to your listing. They are not there just to look at it. They are there to see if this they want to buy. So mm -hmm. they buy. But if you are bringing external traffic from Facebook or TikTok or anywhere else, you can bring more people to your listing, mm -hmm. but they are not necessarily clicking on your link to make a purchase. They may be just curious about it, or you may have had a real right. creative ad that piques their curiosity and then they click and mm -hmm. they're not necessarily going to buy. So, so what that means is the conversion rate that will be fairly high with your Amazon-based advertising is going to be compared to your external advertising. Your conversion rate will be much lower. Mm -hmm. So what do you want at the end of the day? You want high traffic and high conversion, right? But right. That's the deal that you're going to have to make. Which one do you go after? And as a new listing, what I always recommend is make sure your conversion rate is high. Don't go the quantity route. Go the quality route. Quality route being achieve higher conversion because conversion will solve all your problems, one of my previous guests said, conversion is the cure to every problem. It will mm -hmm. increase your top line. It will increase your margins. It will increase your return on advertising. If you have 100 people coming to your product page and you have 10 of them buying as a result of your Amazon advertising, that goes to 20. You've doubled your revenue and you increase your margin. So before mm -hmm. making that 100,000 by bringing external traffic, you want to test, make sure that you have a steady conversion rate over time that you say, okay, now I'm ready to bring some external traffic because the conversion rate will suffer, but you've achieved a good enough organic rank because your mm -hmm. conversion rate will increase your organic rank if it's good. 
So not to mention in the process, you are also getting reviews. So reviews together with your conversion rate, those two things will get your organic rank up. It will get you ranked higher in search results through the Amazon algorithm. And, and then you can say, okay, now I'm going to do this. So it's just something that I, I hear here and there in terms of strategy. How do I go about it? That's yeah. great. And do you, do you know with the Amazon attribution, if somebody clicks on the link, and of course it's going to take them to your listing, is that also a PPC click? Like, will you be charged for that? Because if you're getting a lot of traffic to it because people are interested, but not really interested in buying, then your PPC advertising costs will go up. Do you know if that uh, well, is something that happens? Well, if, depending on where they are clicking. If, you, if they are clicking on a paid ad, whether that paid ad is on Facebook or Google or anywhere, you will be charged for it. But it's nothing to do with the Amazon PPC. Mm, okay. I understand. Yeah, it's the Amazon. So imagine Amazon PPC like Google, except it's all the traffic is on the on the site already. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could another way to call this on-site advertising versus off-site advertising. So Amazon PPC is on-site advertising, and it, mm -hmm. it basically offers the advantage of shoppers already on the site. And you simply right. say to them, hey, look, look at my product. And mm -hmm. you do that by targeting the keywords and Amazon will charge you for it because they'll, they'll every click that somebody uh, does is now Amazon is delivering value by bringing an exposure to you. But if it's off-site, if it's mm -hmm. Google or Facebook, then you can advertise anything depending on mm -hmm. how you are advertising. Then people click it that will go direct to Amazon listing, mm -hmm. will bypass search, you will bypass everything. They'll land straight yeah. on your page. Okay. And Amazon will not have anything to do with it, but Amazon also knows that now somebody who was not on Amazon.com is now on Amazon.com. So they gotcha. are likely to look at not only your product, but also other products. So yes. that, that has value. But then you are paying Facebook and Google, wherever you are advertising. So right. the important thing is you're creative with the advertising that you're running externally has to be completely product-driven, mm -hmm. uh, ideally incentive, offering incentives so that people can complete the purchase while they are there. You don't want them coming in and then looking at it and then leaving. Because that's right. hurting your conversion rate. Yes. So those are the things that yes. you want to do. It's just a matter of strategy and looking at it. But you know what? Everything comes down to one thing. It's monitoring your conversion rate. Mm -hmm. So uh, share with us some of the things that you are watching in terms of numbers. So at this point, you know, unfortunately, it has been slow. So I'm just trying to figure out, okay, how do I get these sales? You know, uh, it seems like maybe what I envisioned and what I like want to try to exude with the product is not really translating um, because the sales are not there. So I, you know, obviously advertising costs, the PPC costs is what I'm looking at very, very heavily because um, it's very expensive. It's very expensive. And, you know, at initial launch, I've heard, well, if you can just you know, make it break even. But honestly, sometimes you're paying more on advertising costs than what you're bringing in, than what your revenue is for your sales. Um, I don't, I, I, I've been told that that's normal for the beginning launch. I'm not sure, but you know, it's, it's sometimes disheartening to see that it's like, Oh man, like you're not making any money, but you're spending money like crazy. You know, um, so really that's been my focus and trying to tweak those keywords and running the reports. Um, I'm still very, I, I'm just, I still have a lot to learn with all these reports that are on Amazon, um, Seller Central, and just trying to learn and navigate and YouTube, like how do you read this report or try to just figure it out on my own because there's a lot of information, which is wonderful that Amazon provides all of that. Um, and you know they have the the university 
on how to sell right there as well. So, I mean, they, they provide a lot of information. It's just sometimes very overwhelming um, to figure yeah. out where to look first. Well, you know, in the old days during the Cold War, it was all about secrecy. Nobody wanted to share anything with anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the, the 21st century, the internet era, the situation hasn't changed. Nobody wants to share it. Mm. <laughs> because you want to keep it to yourself, right? But mm. the methodology not to share anything, or I should say the methodology to keep things secret is mm. to actually provide too much information. Because when you provide too much information, the, the valuable piece of information that you want to keep secret, it gets buried right. and people don't get to see it. So I would always say Seller University, yeah, but you know what Seller University is? It's like the the first or second grade in school. Mm. And in order to run the show, you really need a degree, which is like God knows how many. Because first of all, in this day and age, the minute that the information is put on paper or video or posted somewhere, it's already outdated. Mm. And especially in the case of Amazon, things are changing all the time. So I'm sure yes. you've come across, there are some links in Seller University. You click on it, it says, this page has moved. It cannot That's right. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's outdated. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they haven't done anything about it because it's so big. They don't know what is where, what link has gone dead. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. So, okay. So let me share with you a couple of things. First of all, as a matter of expectations when you're doing the launch, a good way to plan your cash flow and the kind of efforts that you have to put in is I always say the first month of launch and your launch is key. You have to be really ready. Your listing has to be optimized, the product pictures, everything you really have to do, which takes about two months. So this is before anything, you, you have to get your listing ready. And then when you're ready, as soon as you launch it, your advertising has to start. And it's PPC, mm-hmm. social media, your following. You have to leverage all that. So before the launch, you have to strategize and say, okay, how am I going to drive traffic? And then you get the best sources that will give mm-hmm. you the most uh, return. Return means orders that can turn into reviews. So mm-hmm. run the campaign and everything right out of the gate. You want sales coming in every day. So um, during that time, you're spending advertising. So first month, for every dollar you spend, expect every dollar you spend on advertising, a PPC, expect to get a dollar in sales, mm-hmm. which means product cost, FBA fees, Amazon commission. That's going to be cost. So you'll be mm-hmm. bleeding. First month, every dollar you spend, a dollar comes in. Second and the third month, for every dollar you spend, expect you're going to get $2 in sales. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be bleeding, but not mm-hmm. as much. Then month three and four, month four and five, then it starts to go for every dollar you spend, you get $3 in sales and then four dollars in sales and ultimately by month six you should be reaching five dollars in sales which means 20 percent. so depending on your price point if you settle down around 20 percent, that's actually a good number or if you push it down even further like to 10 15 percent, if you are a slightly higher price point that's even mm-hmm. better but that's where you're going to be. And you never stop. You never stop advertising because mm-hmm. if you stop, then your organic traffic will also uh, drop. But what happens is every paid click will bring you two, three, four, five, depending on you know how you are uh, handling the content, mm-hmm. organic traffic. So that will help you increase. But you know, in all this, the magic bullet mm-hmm. is your conversion rate. Because conversion rate will make that two sales or $2 and $3 mm-hmm. in sales 
four, five, six dollars and six. And the conversion rate is only available by downloading reports from your business report section. And there's a report called Child's uh, Business Report Detail Page uh, by Child Skew. Detail Page Sales and Traffic by Child Skew. And that report, I believe, is the third or the fourth uh, in the business reports menu that you have to download. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you have to download it every day okay. or yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then store the data so that you can look at it not just as a number, but as historical data over time. That's great. Yeah, I, I have not use that report i have that is your friend that it's it's very so what you need to do is you need to build a a fairly through a laborious process build Mm -hmm. a sophisticated uh, excel file Mm -hmm. and then uh, put the data in every day okay and of course at some point this effort is not sustainable because you know too much data going in every day and then you have to your I used to do this. I used to spend so much time updating my reports. I would be exhausted by the time it was time to look at it. Then I would never look. Right, right. So it's one of those things. So um, tell us about your uh, business model. Uh, Are you using FBA, FBM? So I am using FBA. Yeah, fulfilled by Amazon. Um, and, And there was a reason I chose that. It's because I wanted them to be able to, you know, serve the customer in a way where they're able to get the product to the customer quickly. Um, they are able to accept returns if they come in and and everything like that. I just wanted to try that model first, so I didn't have inventory here at the house, and you know, I didn't have to package it myself and print out the labels myself and all of that. So I went that route first. Yeah. Well, you did the right thing because, first of all, FBM does not scale because imagine, you know, those you say, oh, you know, right now I'm uh, struggling with getting orders steadily. And well, imagine you get 100 orders a day. Well, who's going to pick back ship, right? It's, it's right. Can't possibly deal with it. The other thing, Kelly, is if you are, a, if you are in the prime channel and FBA makes mm-hmm. you prime, your conversion rate is, is always high. Mm-hmm. People like to buy, you know, uh, as a because there's 170 million, I believe, Prime members. So they like to buy. They don't want to pay shipping. Plus, they like their two-day shipping. So right. uh, if you are a Prime seller, it's much better for them. So you'll get a higher conversion rate. So your your approach was the right one. Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's... It's a process. <laughs> so tell tell us a little bit about your decision making to sell on Amazon because you could you mentioned Etsy. Yes. So you know when I first like I learned about Amazon on TikTok. I was really never into social media that much, but my kids were like, "You got to check it out. Like you might be able to learn a thing or two. And I'm like, "Oh gosh!" But I did. I I actually came across, you know, Amazon uh, as a way of potentially earning a living one day. I had no clue. Like I was that person that thought when I'm buying from Amazon, I'm buying from Amazon, not from a third party seller. I was clueless. And this was just last June. Um, So, you know, I guess I was living under a rock. I don't know. But I was full force, you know, into insurance. I had been doing that for 14 years. And I'm like, you know, I just want to try something different, like something out of the box for me, because I'm very conservative. I'm very like by the book, by the rule, you know, do my job, do it well, go home type person. I was like, this would be totally different. I was like, I turned 40 in November. I'm like, let me just do this. Like, I'm not getting any younger. Let's go for it. So, um, so that's, I mean, that's how I started. That's how I found it. Um, the, when I, when I got a course that I had no clue of like where to start or even how to do anything. So I needed some guidance. So I purchased a course and went through that um, from June. And then in November, you know, I launched something. And, and one of the tips was, hey, you might be able to find some ideas of a product on Etsy. 
I'm like, that's really cool. Like, you know, to be different. So I found something and, and the store had a great review, like thousands of reviews. And I'm like, this is not on Amazon. I was like, I can do that. And it was a cheap product. I'll tell you that it was cheap. Cause I'm like, Oh, how much money do I want to spend? Do I really want to get, you know, into this too, too much. And so I got the product lesson one, the product has to be quality. If you are selling on Amazon, just because something's selling well on Etsy does not mean it's going to convert well on Amazon. That is a lesson I took away from that whole experience. Now the product that, that failed there, I'm just selling out of my house on Etsy actually, because I had the inventory because it got so bad. I was like, I need to just pull this. So I pulled it all. I was like, I'm just gonna start over and let's reset. Um, so there are many things that I learned from that initial launch. One, you have to have quality. You know, two, don't skimp on your photos. I mean, the product quality is, is the number one. Um, three, like do your research. I was so excited and so gung-ho, I guess you'd say. And I was like, I got this, like, look at this, this can, be no, that's not the way. Like you have to look at the numbers. And I, you know, I was just so too, too ahead of myself thinking I, I can do this um, to really slow down and think about it. And then the third mistake I did was um, even though the course said not to do this, I was like, ah, I know what I'm doing. Okay. I, I had variations. Okay. Don't do that when you're first launching. Like if this is brand new to you, don't do variations because it's more money it's more SKUs, you know, GS1 codes are not cheap, right? So I'm like running through these, these UPC codes and all of those ad things add up. Um, How many variations did you have? I had, I had like six. six. I had six. And yes. did, you, did you list them separately or did you put them under a parent? Under a parent. So I had, um, yeah, I had... So I had one version of this product and a second version. So one version had like three variations and the other version had three variations. So they were under the parent. So when you clicked on the listing, you see the main image and then you see the other options underneath it, which I guess was good because I got to learn how to create a variation and how that looks. Um, but definitely if I could rewind and go back, I would have told myself, hey, you just need to focus on one thing at a time and you know, then go slowly into it. So, okay. So let me give you a little bit of a perspective here in terms of variations. So you know how it is. Everybody's circumstances are different. So you could be working on the same thing, but based on your circumstances, the outcome may be different. So mm -hmm. yeah. um, with variations, there is a way to leverage variations. Because one of the things that you have is being able to offer things cheaply mm. without really having that cheap perception. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you can offer people something with incentives. Ultimately, the more sales you make, the more likely to get reviews, right? And reviews are your immediate objective because as a yeah. listing, you know, without reviews, it's very hard to rank up. So, uh, so what you're doing is you're trying to get as many orders as possible. You want to run promotions, but you don't want to run promotions and give away the store in addition to the advertising cost and everything else. So, so that's one way to leverage variation. So I usually, if the product is suitable, then I usually recommend using like a travel size, create a travel size or a, a sample size or anything like that. Something, you know, you don't want to say this is a sample. You want to say, well, this is a smaller version of it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we are offering 50% discount, launch discount. Like you could advertise this on Facebook and you could say a launch discount, 50% off, whatever and then run it for a limited period of time. So now what happens is, first of all, because you're going to price it low, your, mm -hmm. and it's going to be a small item, your FBA fee will be much, much smaller. In mm -hmm. addition, because it's price low, your Amazon commission is much, much lower. And by right. the time you owe 50%, sounds really good. It's high. 
At the same time, how much does it add up? To? If it's really low ticket item, it doesn't add up to much, but it gets mm-hmm. you sales. Now, the reality is under one parent, if you have, if you create it from scratch, a parent and let's say three child SKUs, mm-hmm. and this child SKU that's a small size gets 50 reviews. And then the other two get five reviews, 10 reviews. Guess what? Under the parent, you see the total as the reviews. So that Mm -hmm. obviously gives more confidence to anybody looking at it. Plus, when you advertise a keyword, that keyword that you are advertising is your biggest cost in driving the clicks. Mm -hmm. So when somebody clicks, now you've got three ways to close the deal rather Mm -hmm. than one. Right. And of course, if you are in fact offering incentive on one of those SKUs, which you can advertise right on the page by creating a promo on a specific SKU, you know, 50% off on this item, or spend so much and then get 50% off, whatever. So that way people say, and if your product is in fact a, a real popular kind of conceptually product, people say, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? I, I like the 50% deal. I was going to buy that, but I actually, I'd rather buy the main item and they don't mind mm-hmm. paying full price. So those are ways to actually leverage yeah. variations, even though you're right, you have to have a separate UPC for each variation. You have mm-hmm. to obviously monitor inventory, send FBA shipment. Mm-hmm. You have to do all those things. Like, there's a, yeah. <laughs> no pain, no gain, right? So you're right. All- yeah, to that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I was like, let me just go into this and you know, but I had big dreams. I had big dreams. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's, I mean, you want to have dreams without dreams, there's nothing left. So, uh, uh but right. that's how you met. So, let's talk about a little bit your, your, uh, I mean, obviously, right now you are running the show, right? So, what kind of help do you have to support you in this? So, um, so when it comes to Amazon, like I, yeah, I'm just a one lady show. Like I have the support of my family, which is amazing because without them, there are some days where you may get an email saying return. You're like, dang it. <laughs> you know, and you feel down a little bit or on that first product I launched my first negative review I was in the dumps for like two hours. And I had to pick myself back up and say, Hey, this is part of the game. Like this is entrepreneurship. It's not always going to be fun and happy and, you know, you're, you're knocking it out of the park. Like there are down days. And um, so, you know, of course, without my family, like I need to, I need to have them in order to be like, okay, I got this. Like you have to pep talk yourself up a lot. Um, Other ways are, you know, learning from people like you, like YouTube or, uh, you can join Facebook groups. Like I'm, I'm part of all of that because the more information I have, I just feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this. I'm not the only one dealing with these issues. And sometimes, you know, it is nice to know, okay, this is just part of the growth period. Like this is part of what it is to run a business. And, and you know, this is my first time doing it. And I'm just used to that regular paycheck cycle every two weeks working my nine to five. And I know what to expect every day. Yet in this type of environment you don't know what to expect every day it's, it's fun it's fun like I'm totally enjoying it but I have to catch myself on those days where it's like oh man somebody wanted to return or you know dang they didn't really like it like I thought they would or, or things like that and you just got to move on very quickly so uh, this is you just said it as an entrepreneur things will come at you from all directions I talked about this in my very first episode when I recorded it, why I created this podcast, because I I lived through it and you just get hit with all kinds of things and you just mm-hmm. cannot, The first of all, there is no quitting. You just mm-hmm. have to, one of my guests said the magic word, you just have to pivot. You have to keep pivoting. Uh, yes. There's no quitting, there is pivoting. So, uh, right. so what that means is, if it's something as simple as like a return or somebody requested a refund or mm-hmm. make it even better, your ASIN that is generating revenue suddenly gets shut down by Amazon. Mm-hmm. I mean, that means revenue dries up, right? So 
uh, it's a very bad situation. You are depressed and now you've got no cash flow, blah, blah. So uh, what do you do? Just need to embrace the situation and try to and figure, figure it out. out. Yeah. Exactly. So that figure it out. Yeah. The methodology is, is, is three, three things. And Amazon, in your case, uh, I hope that day comes as late as possible. One day it will come because this happens to everybody. But your account mm-hmm. gets shut down mm-hmm. uh, or a listing gets shut down. So Amazon will ask you three things that you need to present. Tell us why this happened. Tell us what you're doing about it so that the current problem that caused this to happen, how are you fixing that? Mm-hmm. And tell us why it happened and how are you fixing it? People will immediately, first they'll play the blame game, they'll blame themselves, they'll blame others, and then they'll be angry. You know, it's the, it's the steps right. of crisis, right? So you right. go through the blame and then anger and then... Um, that will turn into exception. And then finally, you know, you'll figure it out. But the third one is so important. And that's Mm -hmm. where the magic is. They ask, what are you going to do so that this never happens again? Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. where the the real trick is. So if you're building an operation that you want to grow and be proud of, you want to create an infrastructure that will learn from the mistakes, bad situations, because they will happen. But yes. you take action not only on the first two to fix the problem now, but think about, okay, what other scenarios can lead to this problem? And then let's mm-hmm. put in place the measures so that we can preempt those situations. That's what Amazon wants. And in fact, they will not turn your account back on or your listing back on until they hear a satisfactory response. Mm. So what are you going to do to avoid it from happening in the future? So uh, that's something you want to focus on. And, you know, uh, it it happens. So, uh, Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself. So obviously I introduced you as insurance veteran, uh, Mm -hmm. but uh, tell us that there's something else here other than just being insurance veteran and saying, okay, I'm becoming 40. Uh, tell us where, where, where are you based? Where did you grow up? And and how did you how how did you get here? What what was your what was going through your mind? Sure. So I was actually born in New Zealand. I'm still a New Zealand citizen. Actually, my all of my family still lives there. But when I was about nine or ten, my mom went back to university to study Korean, the Korean language. And she got um, a scholarship to go to Korea for a year. So I stayed in New Zealand with my uncle. And um, after a year, she came back and she said, you know, we're going to sell everything, which we didn't have much. but We sold what we had and we moved to Korea. Um, There she met my stepdad and we lived in Korea for a year and a half. And my stepdad was in the army. So, you know, he was then stationed at the Pentagon. And that's how I ended up in the States. Um, and uh, so in sixth grade was the first exposure to the United States and, and the U.S. school system, and it was totally different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been here ever since. I don't know if I'd ever leave, actually, except to go visit family in New Zealand. And uh, I graduated college, got married right away. And, uh, you know, now we have two children, but I am now in uh, Austin, Texas, and once I graduated college, I was working for Enterprise Rent-A-Care, and that just wasn't cutting it with the bills. You know, I think I was making $8 an hour at the time with the college degree. And um, I was like, gosh, like, this is not good. <laughs> so I was working inside um, of an insurance office. It was actually uh, Allstate. And there, you know, I went and tried to do my own thing on insurance. But then I eventually went back to, back to that same office and started working um, doing injury claims. So people who well, are injured. Wait a minute. In you did your own thing on insurance. What do you mean? Like you started a business? Oh no. So I, I was sort of stubborn and I, they had positions open. I said, no, I, I don't want to be given a position. I want to earn it. I'm going to go out and find my own position. So I ended up working for a different insurance company um, because I interviewed with them and I was like, I'm getting my own job. Like nobody needs to give me a job. 
but that company, you know, it just wasn't, the culture wasn't uh, what I expected. And I called, I called the manager back up at Allstate and they were like, yeah, come on over interview. And, you know, the rest was, was history uh, for approximately uh, 13 years. And then with uh, the pandemic and everything, I was one of thousands uh, laid off in November 2020. Um, but fortunately, I, I was able to get a job right away. Um, so I was very grateful for that. Uh, but that position, you know, I worked my way up as a manager, took a lot of years to get there. But this next position I had to take was the same position I started with in insurance 13 years ago. So, you know, it was like I was up here and now I'm back to level one, um, you know, which, again, is not a bad thing because I was very grateful of being able to get a job so so fast. But then I just started thinking, like, how many more years is it going to take to get to that level again? You know, everything was just the same. It was, it was becoming a little repetitive. And I thought, like I said earlier, I'm not getting younger. I, I want to explore. I don't want to be maybe sitting behind a desk for the rest of my life until I'm retired and, and then get to make my own schedule. And that's when I just started looking at like different entre entrepreneurship options. Like what is there? And there's tons of, there's tons of things out there. And my mindset was so shallow because I was just raised, you know, in a very conservative household where you go to school, you get good grades. I studied all the time. I wanted to be the best in, in school and I went to college and I graduated. And after that, what do you do? You get a job. You contribute to your 401k. You, you know, take two weeks off a year that they give you. That was it. That is all I knew. And for me to be able to learn that there's a totally new world out there, I today am still just so amazed at how people make money. And it, it's exciting to me. And I'm like, wow, I wish I knew this before. But um, everything happens for a reason and in its right time. So, you know, now I'm in Austin, Texas or close to Austin, Texas. Um, it's very hot here. I just moved from North Carolina actually a year ago here. So, again, I wanted to try something new. The family wanted to try something new. We had no reason to move here, but we did. And uh, it's been it's been great. I mean, it's been a learning experience. And this last year, I just have to appreciate how much I've grown from no knowledge to the knowledge I have now. But there's still so much more to learn. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot to, to it. So I have picked up something. So I heard you mention the, the word or the, the behavior twice. Uh, and that's about being stubborn. So you were stubborn with uh, the job. So you said, yes. no, I'm not going to go the easy way. I'm going to go my own thing. And then also I heard you mention being stubborn about despite the course, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and that obviously that may have hurt you here and there, but mm -hmm. I think it's because of your stubbornness, you are now sticking to this, right? I mean, would you say that? Yes. Like I have no desire to quit. Like, even though from somebody looking from the outside in, I'm probably a complete failure. Like when it comes, because the sales are not there, you're not making profit yet. You made all these mistakes on the first launch. Like, but you know, it's all about perspective. And I could, I could think like that. I could dwell in that, but I choose not to because there's going to be a way, like there has to be a way. I just got to figure it out. And the whole, you know, when I started this journey, I had to change my mindset. I'm more, unfortunately, on the pessimistic side. Like, I'll believe it when it comes to fruition. And for this, it's really not the case. Like, you can't have that mindset or else you're not going to be moving. You're not going to want to move. And to me, it's a challenge. I like challenges. I like to figure out how to do it. Um, it's sometimes hurtful, though, on the wallet. I will tell you that. But, you know, hopefully... In, in time, as I learn and, and develop maybe better things or just do something that other people are doing that's doing good, just better, I need to make it better that I'll be able to have that success too. Like I, I know something's gonna work. You know, I, have, I, I wanna be 45 and say, wow, look what I did. You know, I'm giving myself a five-year plan. Like that's a long plan. I, uh, maybe a two-year would be, would be better, but 
there's just so many things that I, that you can do with e-commerce business. Well, there's a couple of things you said that need emphasizing because a lot of people listening, you know, they, they you're not alone. You know, no, no problem is unique. So somebody else is also experiencing the same and they're also looking for answers. First of all, this idea of, you know, you go to school and you graduate, you go to college, then you get a job and blah, 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 all those things. There's nothing wrong with it if it's working for yeah. you. There's a lot of people that do that well. However, if that is the only way that when people say, well, you're not living in the real world. This is how it works. How are you going to do? So, and they present that to you as realities. This is the reality of the situation. You have no sales. You have no this. And then here, so they, they present all. And you know what? They all sound so true mm. because they are talking about reality. And here is the magic quote that I kind of adopted myself. The reality that is presented to you is not your reality until you accept it. Mm. Yeah, that's true. You are responsible to create your own reality. Mm -hmm. And that is what is real for you. That's number one. The second thing is this thing about being, you know, you put it pessimistic, but a lot of people put it under the disguises of realistic. So they, they always yeah. give the, 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 the negative point of view, but they say, I'm not being pessimistic. I'm just being realistic. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? It's your reality. It's not my reality. You cannot mm -hmm. think that way. You can do anything you want in life. That includes Amazon, your listings, your sales. Mm -hmm. They will happen. But you have to have the mindset that this will happen. It's, it's inevitable. So now mm -hmm. let's put our thinking caps on, shift that mindset. This is just a matter of time. I just happen to be doing the wrong things. So what is it that I can do uh, so that you know I will get this? They asked Edison, why do you keep trying this thing? You, know, you, you tried 100 ways to invent mm. the, the light bulb and it's not working. He says, it's failing. He says, no, 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 no. I didn't have 100 ways to fail. I just found 100 ways not to do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, so true. So you I have to talk about, so how does that translate to Amazon? First of all, this is not an operation that you can learn on the job. It's too mm -hmm. risky. It's your livelihood. So you've got to have someone, a, a go-to expert. You've got to have that relationship. Mm -hmm. The reason, and also the kind of relationship, it's not YouTube videos because you don't mm -hmm. know when they were published. Things change all the time. So that's one. The second thing is you want, you don't want too many. You want different perspectives, but you want one anchor. So when you are looking at data, what we always say is always go to the same data source at the same mm -hmm. time every week. Don't look at it. Don't pick up the data from this source this Monday and another source next Wednesday and another source the following Friday. Now you've got different. Same data source, same time, consistently, and then compare, which, which mm -hmm. means you really have an anchor expert that you can go to and then yes. ask. And then you're, what you're doing with Facebook groups and, and other groups, Helium 10 has great Facebook group, but there are many others. Absolutely join, post the question. doesn't matter how dumb the question is. Somebody will answer. So those things right. are good, but those things cannot be your source. They would be different perspectives mm -hmm. uh, because the people answering are just people like you and me. So, um, you know, why trust somebody like you? You want to have, you know, some perspective, but also a reliable. So uh, just between those things, you just have to figure it out. And, and it will, I have no doubt, you'll be successful because you have the mindset and the determination. You just have to figure out the right steps. Right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I agree. So uh, tell us about how people can reach you, your contact information. So I am on LinkedIn. 
um, Kelly Rodriguez, and my description is aspiring Amazon FBA entrepreneur. <laughs> so you'll see me there. Um, but that's where I'm at right now. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn. Okay, so we'll put your contact information with your bio uh, on our website. So anybody who can, who wants to reach you, they'll be able to reach out through there. And um, and this this has been great. You you have I, I have no doubt you have inspired a lot of people who had just quit their job or lost their job. They were trying to figure out. So I have no doubt, or people who are doing this and you know they can hear from you. Uh, thank you, well, for thank you. Kelly. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Great. So that brings us to the end of another episode, and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure and subscribe, rate, and review our show. And be sure and share an episode with a friend. And thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you next week here on Amazon Legends.